Blog Talk Radio. There shall be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, famine, and pestilences. Men's hearts failing them for fear for that which is coming upon the earth. Where do you look? Where do you turn? Where will you get the truth? You turn to the Johnny Storm Show, where you will find truth, and the truth will make you free. Welcome to the Johnny Storm Show. And welcome indeed. On the 2nd of February, 2016, I'm of course your host, Johnny Storm, and uh, well, we should have a special guest calling in. Or at least I hope she is. <laughs> By the name of Randy Shannon. Uh, if you don't know who she is, Randy um, has been with me off and on for the last five years. She was there in the beginning when the show was first starting out in 2011. And uh, as we're running up to the 2012 elections, she was a candidate for the state Senate in I- Iowa. I live so close to Idaho now, I want to say Idaho. <laughs> But it was Iowa, and uh, after experiencing the sleaziness and sliminess of uh, politics, she decided to pull out, and that was the advice I gave her as well. So she is now simply an activist, a liberty activist, and she has an awesome site called 42action.org, which is uh, listed on the show page. And... She uses that to educate people on what their rights are. So she fits right in with uh, what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks now, and that's the standoff out in Oregon. There's uh, there's still a lot to to discuss and and talk about there. I guess uh, well, let's just get to it. So let me go to uh, my news page that I had set up for tonight, and we will continue. Okay, this is coming in uh, about four hours ago from katu.com. There's been updates to this since then, but I will just read you what I've got so far. From Portland, Oregon, one of the men charged in the occupation of the Bloor National Wildlife Refuge can return home while his case goes through the court system. U.S. District Court Judge Michael Mossman approved the conditional release of Joseph O'Shaughnessy. The judge said Tuesday that the government offered insufficient evidence that O'Shaughnessy was a risk to the community or would not show up at future court dates. Defense attorney Amy Baggio offered witness statements from Ammon Bundy and others that said that O'Shaughnessy disagreed with the armed occupation. Baggio said that her client went to the refuge daily to de-escalate the situation, act as a security buffer between the occupiers and law enforcement. She said his goal was to prevent another Waco. Also on Tuesday, Mossman delayed a decision on Pete Santilli's release from custody. The internet radio host was among the 11 arrested so far in the standoff. Santilli, like O'Shaughnessy, spent nights at a motel instead of the refuge. Government lawyers contend that the Ohio man 
doesn't respect federal authority and won't return to Portland for court hearings. They pointed to threatening statements he made against federal agents on his radio show. Santilli's lawyer countered that his client is a shock jock and it's his radio personality to amp things up. Mossman said he can't judge provocative comments without additional context. He scheduled a hearing for Thursday. So that's the latest on those who are still incarcerated or not. So, so far, uh, O'Shaughnessy and also uh, Shauna Cox have been released so far. So, what's next? I don't know. But if you listen to the rumors, and they are everywhere, and but you don't know what's true and what isn't. So, the latest one by someone named Barbara Davis. Now, keep this in mind, folks. Before you get all riled up, I cannot confirm this. Okay, I can't confirm this. But I feel like it needs to be said. Uh, it was originally on news reviews across America and from around the world network. It says, Lavoie's body's home now. I'm absolutely sick and he was shot nine times. There will be no open, open casket because the FBI shot him in the face. Uh, right after it happened, I put out a call for the serial number off the nine millimeter the FBI claims he had in his pocket. Now, supposedly, I say supposedly, the Pacific Patriots Network sent an email that said the gun came back uh, stolen two years ago. And then there's a serial number of the weapon here. I don't know if that's true or not, folks, and I'm not going to say it is. Until, because it's very unusual that you would find that the FBI would release any type of serial number on a murder weapon. Well, not a murder weapon, but I mean, on any weapon that was involved in in a police shooting or any type of a crime. And they certainly wouldn't put it out there to incriminate themselves. So that's what makes me question this whole thing about the weapon. Now, if he was really shot nine times and once in the face, which I didn't see on the video, but it's hard to see any detail really on the video, then then that in, that in itself shoots more holes in the FBI story, especially the three-shot theory. I mean, if you still believe that, I've got some ocean from property uh, in central Montana to sell you. There's definitely more than three shots. And as I've said before, they need to release the, um, the dash cam and body cam footage with audio because without knowing if they were shot at, at the first stop, when they were first stopped in the middle of the road, you know, the, the camera conveniently on the drone conveniently kind of cuts out or hides behind trees during that last minute or two of that particular episode. And then next thing you know, you see it speeding away. So we can't tell if there is a shot fired from the uh, from the police officers or not, or the agents. <clears throat> you know, we can't tell that for sure. That both eyewitnesses, however, say there were. There was at least one shot fired. Well, apparently, when Mr. Payne had put his hands out the window, saying they're going to see the sheriff. Now, supposedly, according to the witness testimony, it was after that that uh, the individual that Mr. Payne jumped out of the vehicle before it took off again. 
I have my doubts about a lot of the people, even some of them that are in jail, in this operation. I'm with um, many others that I've talked to in private on this matter, and I think there's definitely some plants for agent provocateurs, at the very least, in amongst the uh, protesters. So, once again, I can't confirm that his body's even home. I haven't seen anything from the family itself. Uh, here's another one. See if I can zoom in on it. Oh, boy. It's pretty small here. Let's see. This is dated January 31st. To the Honorable Tina Kotek, Speaker of the House, we the people of Harney County, subject is loss of lives and property. We the people in Harney County, Oregon, are in fear of our lives and property as a result of commercial mercenaries operating under color of law calling themselves FBI agents. These men are pretending to represent the lawful government of the United States while engaged in criminal racketeering and murder on our shores. These men are employed by the French banking cartel known as the International Monetary Fund, which is an agency of the United Nations. They're provoking an act, acts of war in our soil when they and their corporation no longer have any natural right to be here. So, and it's signed um, by Chris and Dwayne. Anyway, they're on the Committee of Safety in the state of Oregon County of Harney. It's also signed by the Notary Public. So are there mercenaries operating there? I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it in the least. I do not doubt it, folks. Okay. Now, what's the next story I've got here? Well, there isn't a heck of a lot more to report on the um, on the Oregon standoff right now. As far as I know, there's still four people up there, including Mr. David Fry. And according to KATU, no one's heard from them, at least on their Defend Your Base channel on YouTube since Sunday. I don't know if they're from what the last thing I had read that uh, apparently their phones and internet had been cut off. They could only receive phone calls. They couldn't make any out is what Mr. Fry said. The last, that was the last thing I read from him. So that could very well be. I'm sure the FBI's got their phones locked in and they can do what they want with them through Stingray or other jamming technologies. So that remains the situation there. Now, they did have protests over the weekend and and yesterday in Harney County, in Burns. And it seemed to me that you had two sides of the street. You had the supporters of the occupation and you had the supporters of law enforcement or the government. <coughs> so, you know, I'd, I was listening to some of it, and I'd hear, go home, and then I'd hear on the other side, FBI, go home, FBI. And those videos are out there all over the place, so you should be able to find them. 
Well, it's a community divided, that's for sure. And uh, I read some testimony from a local resident who said that, you know, you wave at somebody walking down the street, and instead of getting a wave back, sometimes he gets the middle finger. So, you know, stuff like this is going to divide people. There's no question. You know, my biggest issue with the whole thing, and I've said it ad nauseum on this show, I've said it time and again, I didn't agree with how they went about this. I still don't. And as I said last night on the show, I think they should have surrendered when they had already made their point. They'd already done numerous mainstream television interviews. So the issue was brought to the forefront. And that's really what they wanted, but they still refused to leave. And they could have left the Saturday prior to the shooting without any charges. Now, okay, the FBI are accomplished liars. I get that. I get that. That's what they're trained to do. They're also trained in in psychological warfare. So who knows? But the thing about it is, if they would have made the deal and they all would have started leaving, if people start getting arrested, then you've got them again. Then you fight them in court. But it's all hindsight now, 2020 every time. I don't agree with the way they set up the vehicles that were headed to a peaceful meeting. It didn't have to end that way. In my opinion, they escalated they escalated things on purpose. I've listened to other and watched other um, former law enforcement officials break it down. And there are a lot of things they, that law enforcement did wrong. I've also listened to eyewitness testimony from the vehicle that O'Shaughnessy was in. And this guy wasn't even part of the militia. He was just there to help out in any way he could as a citizen. And when his vehicle was pulled over, right about the time that the shooting occurred, he said he had four or five AR-15s pointed at the back window of his vehicle. And these kids were early to mid-20s and jacked up beyond belief. And they were ready to start pulling triggers. And I'm sure if he just sneezed too loud, they might have. So that lends more credence to these guys being trigger happy, not observing solid tactics. They were just, they're inexperienced young kids who got jacked up in a couple of uh, briefings with the FBI and other law enforcement agencies. And man, they're ready to go eat nails. I've been in these kind of briefings. I was in the air force and yeah, when we were down in Panama, it was, it was on, man. It was, you know, Let's get this, let's get this shit started. This kind of was our mentality. I'm not saying it was right. I'm just saying that is the kind of frenzy they can work you up into. Where you don't even think twice about it. So they kept pumping them full of all this info for a month. or almost a month about, you know, these guys are dangerous, blah, 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 blah. So of course you're going to have trigger happy cops in that scenario especially if they're young, like the the one individual said. So there's a lot of damning evidence out there, folks, a lot. On the law enforcement side, now, the only thing on the protester side that I can say that I didn't like was the way they went about it and the fact they didn't surrender when they should have. 
Other than that, I've got no issues. So, in the meantime, it, it's going to take dash cam and body cam footage with audio to really figure out what happened, if we ever get there. So far, um, as far as I know, the last story I read over the weekend was that they were debating releasing that footage, but hadn't come to a decision yet. The longer they wait, the more people are going to say it's doctored. They should have just come out with it the same night or the next day, for sure, after they released the drone footage. And even some people are saying that's doctored. And it very well wipe it it could be. I have a suspicion that it might that it very well could be. But I can't prove it. Others say they can. Well, then let's break it down. Get the videos out there. I'll post them all over my page. All right. Well, I don't know what happened to our guest tonight. But in the meantime, what I'm going to do is play you a song and try and get a hold of our guest. <laughs> See if she got held up or, or what have you. So stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on the Johnny Storm Show.
Firecracker, Miss Randy Shannon is back on the Johnny Storm Show. <laughs> and I so miss being here because I love being on your show. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. How are you? I am so good. I was actually just uh, down there with the boys, and I heard the text going off, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to be somewhere tonight. <laughs> so <laughs> not used to doing radio on a, on a Tuesday night. So no, I'm super glad to be back. <laughs> We're glad to have you back. And uh, I was telling people earlier in the show that, um, you know, you were one of the first ones, uh, first Liberty guests I had back in 2011. It's been like five years already. Wow. That's something. That's, that's Yeah, it is. What a wild ride, right? Yeah. And uh, I remember when you were running for state senate in, in Iowa. I keep wanting to say Idaho because now I live next to Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I see your neighbor there, possibly. Yeah, that's true. I was mm-hmm. I went through Sandpoint. It's pretty nice, actually. Oh, beautiful! I know. Um, so if you would give give people just a quick rundown, I already kind of told them, but tell them why you decided to drop out of the Senate race in Iowa. Well, when I when I ran. Um, I did run on the Republican ticket, but I was more of an independent. I'm I'm just about freedom. That's all that, you know, when we were born, I you know, why is there somebody over me? Why is there a queen and a king uh in other countries? Why how did they all of a sudden get power? I don't need that and and I never had that uh got to have a leader mentality. But either way, uh I saw the people being railroaded and no end in sight. So I decided to run and when I ran the people, boy, you, they just absolutely cry out to you, please don't get in there and change. Please don't get in there and, and uh, do what all of the rest of them do. And when I went to private meetings, they call them caucuses, uh, in particular in the Republican side of the Senate, I had a special invitation to come and just see how things worked. And there was a veteran senator that was in there, an older woman, and she spoke to one of the senators who was uh, not coming up for re-election, and they were talking about uh, voting to tax the people more in in their districts, but take away more services. So pay more, get less. That was the plan. And that that plan was to be put in place so that they could cover the the rising healthcare costs and um, specifically mental health, which is interesting that they know that that's all on the rise well in advance. Uh, that's a whole other topic if you really think about it. 
that they know it's coming and they're preparing for it. How do they know that? Um, and then uh, she told the, the, the senator who was not up for reelection that he could go ahead and vote for that. And the guy who she turned to another senator who was up for reelection and she told him that he could not vote for that. She said, you should not vote for that. And why do they do that? They, they do that because they think the voters are totally stupid and that they're not going to remember it or hold it against them when they do come up for reelection. And I saw how like they didn't even have a choice in the vote. She was telling them what to do. And I was sitting there beside myself, literally could hardly sit still in my seat and couldn't believe what I was listening to. And so I leaned over, and uh, I don't remember his name. I didn't know all of the senators at the time. But I leaned over to the most senior senator at the time who was retiring, and I said, can I please say something? And he just looked me straight in the face, and he said, no, you haven't earned it yet. Now, that wasn't even really the slap in the face. What was the slap was the fact that they think everyone is so stupid. And nobody was saying a word about it. Everyone just sat there and listened, which meant everyone of those senators was a compliant sheep. They were being told what to do. And that was just one of many things. Um, I was told if I didn't get on the governor's agenda, he wouldn't get on mine. And I had already made it very clear I would never vote for a tax hike. And so I was taken aside by somebody who is now a U.S. senator. And I don't want to drop the name, but all they got to do is figure that one out. Uh, She's now a U.S. senator. And she told me, sometimes you got to go along to get along. In other words, you're going to have to make votes that you don't want to make so that someone will support you when it's your turn. And so so I, I just didn't go with that. And um, I came home and I, you know, discussed it with the kids. My whole thing was to make an effect. And I realized that you're never going to get into that situation and make an effect. They might give you a bone here or there so you feel good, your people feel good, they might vote for you the next time around. And then they kind of make it try to look like a level playing field or that there's a fighter for the people. But at the end of the day, you're not going to get a lot of bones. You're going to just get one here or there, and it's not going to be enough to make any kind of effect. And I wasn't in it for fame or fortune, like a lot of them are. I wasn't in it to just sit there and, uh, you know, suck off the, the coffers of the people spending the money or the lobbyists, which they did put us in the room of certain lobbyists, like uh, the gaming lobbyists were one of them, pharmaceutical lobbyists were another. Uh, I was against both of those because the laws in Iowa were if you and I, Johnny, if we played poker with pennies in our basement and somehow the law found out about it, the law was they could put us both in jail for that. So if that's the case, why can they have casinos? You know, I just like it to me, common sense. If they if I can't do it in my basement, you're not going to do it. Don't try to get my vote. And I told them flat out, I won't support you. And I gave them that exact reason. I said, but a guy will go to jail, but it's okay for you. No, I won't support you. So when you tell them that you're not going to support them, they pull back any kind of funding dollars. So I didn't have a lot of people racing to the gate to give me the funding dollars. It was, you know, still early on. I ended my campaign July 4th, 2012 for a reason. And it was a reason of a point to, to say, I'm about freedom and i'm ending my campaign with you corrupt criminals 
because I'm not going to go four years and try to fight you guys. And I just, you know, I talked with the kids and I said, you know what, I can do other things uh, with you guys. We can go live our life and we can, we can take stands in other ways. But this one is an ineffective way. This system has to crumble before anything good is going to actually come out of this again. So That's my had, opinion. Right. And so you had a, a smaller taste of what really goes on in D.C., essentially. I mean, I see the same types of deals going on there. Go along to get along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I don't do that. I don't, I don't do that. Right. And neither did Ron Paul, which is why I wish he would have won. But I think Say he did win. Oh, yeah, I, I, I mean... I think it's a great possibility that he did win because, you know, just in all of the places that he went, he had such large numbers. And yet someone like Mitt Romney, uh, his numbers were from the press. He'd get 20, 30 press in the room. They'd never pan the crowd. They didn't want to pan the crowds on Ron Paul. It took the people standing to take the pictures or independent media, media to take the pictures to pan the crowd to show what kind of numbers he had, and then the mainstream media would still make him into a nothing when it came to their polls. A lot of times they had polls. They didn't even put him in it. If he would win the polls, then Fox News, Bill O'Reilly would come out and say, oh, you know, the Ron Paul people are manipulating the poll. I mean, they couldn't win for nothing. In, in the mainstream media, they did everything to blackball him and make it so that, you know, it, he looked like he couldn't win. And so when you would talk to somebody, they would say, Oh, I like Ron Paul, but I don't think he can win. That was the mantra. That was what they all repeated. That's what the mainstream media got people to repeat. And, you know, unfortunately, they're, when they're thinking that the people are dumb, when they're being programmed every day and every night by their radios to those, those one-liners, people actually start to repeat them. And that's, that's a known fact, that people start to repeat that stuff and I heard over and over and over, I like Ron Paul, but I don't think he can win. And I'd say, why, you know, if you keep repeating that, then you're just adding to what the mainstream media is programming in your brain to think. He has a great shot. So. I agree. And I remember the rule changes at the last minute, so where he, where he couldn't even speak, even though he had enough delegates to have a platform to speak on. They changed the rules, and he was shut out. And right. Then of course, and then you went to Paul Fest in 2012. Yes. At the same, at mm-hmm. the same time, the convention was going on, right? Yeah, I think uh, I think it might have. It was either the end of 2012 or the first part of 2013. And <laughs> yes, I went to Paul Fest, uh, which was a great event. It was it was neat getting together with people that you know I hear on your show, I hear on all the other Patriot shows that sometimes they're out there with their own independent media. Uh, they're like family. And when you see them, it's, it's just kind of a family gathering. It's great. And they come from all over the world, which is nice. That's right. And speaking of family, we had, uh, we had a death in the family, a Patriot family, on Tuesday the 26th last week, uh, LaVoy Finnecum. Yeah. I was talking before he came on the show. Um, and, of course, I've been talking about it uh, mm-hmm. for the last couple of weeks. But, um, Randy, uh, just go ahead, and I'm going to let you – I'm going to let you give your thoughts on the whole thing now that you've had some time to digest, you know, what happened prior. And then, of course, now that you've seen the video. Well, when 
I saw the video. Um, of course, it was it was gut wrenching because uh, your eyes don't lie. That's a cold blooded murder. I mean, if you watch that on a TV drama series, that's a cold blooded murder. So what's you know whether they want to call it that or not call it that? I think some people should be going to prison for life, or even possibly get the death penalty. They cold blooded murdered a man who was a foster parent to at least 11 kids. He was a good man. He, he was unarmed. He came out with hands up. Uh, he hadn't committed a, fe- that wasn't a felony stop. They, you know, we've all seen some of these interpreted videos at this point now. Um, you know, the moves that they were making were, you know, they, they didn't have the right to kill a man but yet the moves that they made with the cars in the middle of the road, uh, somebody coming out and ambushing them from the trees, the drone up in the sky or helicopter, whatever it was, um, you know, that was, you know, somebody took it upon themselves that they were going to play let's go kill LaVoy Finnegan or somebody in that car or all of those people in that vehicle. And, um, you know, they, they managed to get one. And, uh, someday, somewhere, somehow, whether it's in this life or the next, those people are going to pay a price. And I hope that they have some sort of sickness in their gut for what they did. I don't know how you can just cold-blooded kill a man who's a foster father to 11 kids and go home and sleep at night and hug your kids. And the other thing that I don't get is how they, the powers that be have been so successful in pitting Americans against Americans. Well, yeah, that that just that's blows not, my mind. And that's that's exactly their mo, though. I mean, it's a psychological operation, and they had plenty of time to perfect it while they were there. And they they not only have the patriot community divided nationwide, but they also have the the, the town of Burns and the county, the Harney County people in Oregon, divided. I don't know if you saw any of the pictures or video of the protests that have been going on. But yes, it's the, I have. You know, half and half. It's like one side of the street's all, you know, pro uh, support of the uh, occupation, and the other mm-hmm. ones are are against it. So it's it's playing out to perfection. And then of course they drew they drew out the hotheads. You know, the ones who yeah. want to go out and oh, let's go out because America. We got to go out and get them agents. You know, and you know people were showing up shit faced, falling out of cars saying they wanted to go get some agents and people in sumo wrestling suits. Mm. I mean, it's just, anyway, all of that aside. Yeah, that's not good. You know, I would agree with you that this looked like a setup. However, one thing I have had to say when looking at some of the enhanced shots, um, I don't know if he's reaching to his, his uh, torso because of a shot or if he's reaching for something else, which they say was a gun. I don't know. I can't. I can't come to that conclusion. But I listened to Pastor Baldwin on Sunday say that he definitely saw a gun. I don't know where, what he's seeing. I don't see that. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. You know, so I'd like to know how he saw that. Right, right. I don't. I, I didn't see what he saw. And then again, you know, if you look hard enough, or if you want to believe it bad enough, you can believe whatever you want. So I mean, honestly, look. I mean, what are we, a bunch of wussies in this country anymore? 
if if there's a roadblock, you're forced to go off the road into however deep the snow is, you're getting fired at. Are we just supposed to roll over and take the bullets, even if he had a gun at that point and he was trying right. to pull it? Does he not have a right to save his own life? That's That was my next point. You just nailed it up right on the head. He had a right to defend himself, absolutely, especially if he felt like they were ambushed, which I think they were because... What happened, both eyewitnesses that I've heard from have said that they were shot at at the initial stop. You know, when they were first stopped in the road. But then, conveniently, the drone cuts out and flies behind some trees when that supposedly happened. And that's where people start to see that maybe this video was doctored a little bit. Because the time... Oh, okay. The time lapses don't match up, you know, on the bottom of the screen there. (coughs) Oh, gotcha. And then the longer they wait to release body cam and, or dash cam footage with audio, the more people are going to say this was murder. They can't prove any yeah. different. Right. And well, I, they'll smell it together to look different, potentially. That's the thing. The longer they wait, the more people are going to be able to say, rightfully so, that this was doctored. And so if there were shots fired, which I think there were, because both eyewitnesses say there were, at that initial stop, then he had every right to flee. Oh, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Stay there and get gunned down? I mean, this is just ridiculous anymore. And, you know, if everybody, you know, I look at I look at how the Americans are being pitted against the Americans. Okay, Uh, there's this whole racial divide that's that's going on. Look, I don't care about color. I don't care about Indian, black, white, Asian. I don't care. Okay, I never grew up caring. I just don't care. I have I have. Friends of every race, okay? Of course, because I'm white, I have more white friends. It's just the way it works. And and sometimes people are made to feel bad because, you know, if I sit at a table and I sit at a table of, you know, all of my white friends, that doesn't mean I don't like black people. Black people like to stick to each other as well. You know, you stick to your own kind. Does Does a giraffe go hang out with a lion? No, does does a does a chicken go hang out with with uh, the dogs? Not generally. I mean, the point is is everything sticks to its own kind. What's wrong with that? They demonize it as if you know you know we're all racist. No, I like to hang out with my family. I like to hang out with my friends. And you know what? I go have coffee with some of my Asian friends. I just had dinner Friday night with a Pacific Islander, Filipino. That you know, and it was just as fun. I'm going to have coffee this next week with one of my black friends. I'm not racist. It's just we don't hang out with each other because they hang out with their people. We hang out with our people. You know, Asians hang out with their Asian people. It's you know, it's communities. That's the way it is. And the way this government is is they try to force everybody into each other's communities, and that's not what's natural. You have to do what's natural. Okay. And, um, you know, all of this division that the government's putting. So if you take a look at these Americans shooting good Americans, they've been brainwashed to think that if you love your country and you believe in the Constitution and you uh, wave an American flag and you believe that, oh, my gosh, the government can be doing tyrannical things. Look at all these other countries. Really, a government can't do a tyrannical thing? 
They haven't done tyrannical things since the dawn of time. And so when people are calling them out on it, now all of a sudden they're demonized. Well, okay, so now Americans are getting pitted against Americans. Um, It's no different than people that got pitted against Jesus and they called for his death. It's no different than Hurricane Katrina when the military was going door-to-door disarming people. And if you didn't give your gun up, they forced your gun out. Yeah, they beat the crap out of you. That's what they did. Yeah. yeah. I watched them. I I mean, go go to YouTube, folks, and look at that video of the 70-some-year-old woman who had her, I think it was a 38, old-school police revolver taken away. And she got beat up for it. Yeah, yeah, that one's out there. There's another story about a man who was sitting in his place, and he had a sign out in front. It said, I'm I'm home alone, or I'm here alone with my gun and my dog. And the military went in and took his gun, and they beat him up to get it. And he couldn't believe it. That was our own sons and daughters taking and disarming Americans. Why? Exactly, and that's what I said on my show uh, last week after this shooting occurred and the video came out, it's like, you law enforcement folks took an oath, too. And that oath is to the Constitution, not to a president, not to a governor, not to a, a corrupt effing judge down in Harney County. You took it to the Constitution, and that's your first and foremost duty, and that's to the people you serve. And that's us. So I don't know if that's it was and I'm going to keep reiterating that, <laughs> reiterating that pretty much every show from here on out. Speaking of Judge Grassy, uh, breaking news out of KATU.com in um, Portland. Now, the the Pacific Patriot Network and others have, and the Citizen, the Committee for Citizen Safety in Harney County has issued a demand that the Harney County officials, including the judge, stand down. Oh, good. And they're, they're saying that they're not going to do it. Uh, the statement said that Steve Grasty, Sheriff David Ward, and two county commissioners would not step down. Uh, from what I've been who's seeing... Their this, who's their boss? Well, that's, that would be the governor, I imagine. I don't... That's a good question. Who can, who can impeach this judge in that county? Or force him to retire, one or the other. But, yeah. you know, it sounds to me like he thinks he's the king, you know what, of the county. And then the sheriff ward, who used to work for BLM, by the way, doesn't give mm. two rips about the Constitution. Right. So, well, they've been training now for how long uh, that the founding fathers were terrorists and that people that believe in uh the rule of law of the Constitution, this, this, this document that uh, we were born with these rights, with an unalienable rights, and that just solidifies them, secures them. And what's wrong with that? I mean, these guys, these senators and these, these uh, House members, they pass these statutes and codes. That's not law. That's not law at all. But I they can act change like tomorrow. You bet right. they do. And all the police enforce those statutes and codes. That is not law. No, it's not. 
Constitution is supreme law of the land, but there's no checks and balance anymore. The, the judiciary has become a joke. I mean, they're supposed to be the ones that, that tell Congress, no, you can't do that, but they don't. And they don't take up the cases that really matter, including the case of the Hammonds, which is why this protest started in the first place. Right. You know, right. You know these poor ranchers, Randy. I mean, my God, they were burned off their land. Uh, the BLM set these fires to start with, so then they had to go set back fires to prevent their homes and their cattle and everything from being burnt up. Mm-hmm. And then, then they're charged as flipping terrorists. And sent back yeah, to prison. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. So people need to keep that in perspective too. I think is remembering why this started in the first place. Now, forty-two action dot org. Changing gears mm-hmm. here just slightly. I've heard you talk about land patents and things of that nature. Um, would you please tell people what you do with that particular website and, and your and your phone calls every Thursday? Yeah, we do a we do a call every Thursday, eight o'clock Eastern, and uh, I don't even know the number by heart after all these years because the number changes. But uh, they can just go to forty two action dot org and just join there for free and hop on our calls. Uh, we don't charge for for any of those, and the archives are all up there too. Um, we do a lot at forty two action. You know, we we help the little guys stand. We we even write letters of activism on people's behalf. For example, we have a woman, I believe she's in the Tampa area, and the family is not well off by any means, and their electricity went out about six months ago. They didn't have the lights on. CPS came in and took their three children. They got the lights back on, by the way, and they still, six months later, don't have their children. So at 42 Action, there's we have thousands of members, and people are active. And so this woman is going to be a guest on our call uh, for 15 or 20 minutes on Thursday. She's going to tell her story, and then we have a because we have thousands of listeners, we have some very very educated people that will step up to the plate and help her and guide her in another direction. We're not lawyers. We don't practice law. What we do is we share educational material or scenarios of what I would do. This is what I would do. That way, you know, um, you know, we don't sign anything. We're not signing any documents, et cetera. But we have a right to help each other. I have a right to help you. You have a right to help me. And nobody needs to be in the middle of that. And so that's what we do. Uh, we... We have a a team that works on private, blind, irrevocable trusts where you have one trustee who uh, all of your – where all of your assets, all of your businesses, et cetera, go into the trust, and that's about 98% of the trust. And the the trustee that you must appoint will dictate and pay bills with that 2%. And I may not be saying that 100% right, but the point is um, there's a lot of benefits that I can't really say on air. Um, But with that blind irrevocable trust, that moves you more into what we call the private, out of this public sector where you're not having to walk into court um, and answer to citations and tickets and things like that. The trustee takes care of all of those things 
through your blind and revocable trust. And um, there's steps to it, authentication of the birth certificate, uh, revocation of your signatures on different things. There's a, there's a whole list of things that must happen for that to be super effective. And um, they're pretty much impenetrable. As long as you're not committing felonies, if you're not, you know, a, a crime with a victim, okay? Because, you know, they call a lot of things felonies these days. What I mean is, is there a victim? Have you committed a crime? Then they can try to come after you. It's still probably not uh, something that they can penetrate, but they can, they, can, uh, they can chase you down a little bit. But anything else, you are very, very secure in a private, blind, irrevocable trust. And there's a three-letter agency that begins with I and ends with S. And uh, they don't have a ton of knowledge about them, except that they can't get into them. So it's a very, very protective thing. And you can pull your land into that. You can pull your vehicle into that. As long as it's a paid-for vehicle, you've got other steps that you can, you can take. Um, we have one section that's taking people down the road of diplomatic status. So it's a little bit different from what the Blind and Revocable Trust does. Uh, we have a group of people that works on international driver's licenses versus the driver's license that, you know, maybe like what you have, Johnny, um, and what the average Joe has. It, it carries a lot of benefits with it. Um, keeps you, it can keep you out of trouble. For example, we have a woman who was pulled over just this weekend, and she had a, a, a different license plate. She had an international driver's license. She's out of the system completely. Even when they run her VIN, they cannot find her. Um, they ask, you know, when they pulled her over, they asked for the same things, you know, your, your uh, license, registration, and insurance. And she said, uh, she's in the state of Pennsylvania, and she said, there's no law that compels me to provide a driver's license. And he said, Okay. And she said, but I do have this ID. So she gave him an international driver's license. Now, she volunteered that. She didn't have to do that. And he, she said, what did I do? He said, what did he said that when she went through the intersection, she did not make a complete stop. And on the far side of the intersection was a woman walking with a, a stroller and a baby in the stroller. She said, oh, I never saw her because it was on the opposite side of the road. But he was trying to find a reason to snag her. So he leaves, goes back to his car, tries to run anything on her and cannot find her, asks for her social. It doesn't exist right now. It's out of the system. The VIN on the car doesn't pull her up at all. There's nothing there. The license plate, nothing. The international driver's license, nothing. And so he came back to the car and he said, are you a diplomat? She said, yes, I am. And he said, well, in this state, just know that the law is you have to Stop completely when someone's in the middle of an intersection before you can go. She said, okay, and he said, have a nice day. That's it. That was about her sixth or seventh pullover in a, about a year and a half. Now, because they see the tag, they pull her over a little bit more. But the point is, not one time did they do anything. Not one time. Wow. So I guess it does work. You're gonna, oh, yeah, we're gonna have it totally to, does work. We're going to have to chat quite a bit here uh, one of these nights. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> right, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. And and the thing is is there is a difference between private and public. Um, you know, and a lot of people think this is focus pocus or it's conspiracy or uh, you know, when you don't understand something, just admit I don't understand something. Don't say it's wrong. 
you know, you're just ignorant. And I don't mean that in a negative way. The, the, the definition of ignorant means that you just don't understand. And, um, you know, there is a corporation system. They are only incorporated in 10 square miles in D.C. The founding fathers left us the United States, the Republic for the United States of America. United was an adjective. It was a lowercase descriptive word. When the, when the corporation incorporated in Delaware, they made it an uppercase U. It's a sleight of hand. That's all it is. And so now they've made all the courts into franchises, and they're all for profit because they all fall under the corporation. Franchises under a corporation, it's all about making revenue. And so when they so you get the average Joe gets pulled over, gets a ticket, got to go to court, right? No matter what, I just was talking to a guy today. He told me in California, even if you're right. Just because you took the judge's time, you got to pay a hundred dollars on if you go to court. <laughs> That's a for-profit system. That is not a justice system. There is no justice in that. No, and there hasn't been for God knows how long. Well, since when did they incorporate? Was it eighteen sixty-one or seventy-one? Yeah, and you know, um, you know, there's a lot. There was a lot of goings on back then when these things happened and when they moved things over and they formed that corporation. And even the Supreme Court states that there is two governments running here. One is the corporation and one is what the founding fathers left us. You just have to be smart enough to claim it back. And they get you with these adhesion contracts. Every time you buy a license, you're buying that from the corporation. You're giving them revenue. Right. That's all they want. And then, mm-hmm. and then you're also granting them certain rights over you, aren't you? Or am I wrong on that? No, you absolutely are. If you get a marriage license, if you actually look at a marriage license, it basically says you were married before you even got their marriage license. Read the fine print. Nobody ever does. Go pull right. your marriage license out and read what it says. All you did when you bought that license is you formed a corporation that you gave them control over. And you say, well, how do they have control? Try to go mm. for a divorce once. <laughs> exactly. What, what do you got to do? You got to go to their court, their judge, and they get to know what all your assets are, you know, that all everything you accumulated in your little corporation with your wife, and then your little children are uh, more assets to the corporation, and they get to lord over those. Family court never even existed. I mean, it and it, it it does not. Family courts do not abide by the Constitution. You can walk in there all day long and say, is this a constitutional court? You'll get no answer. You can walk in there all day long and say, I want you to follow the Constitution. And I have a friend that did, and he got 30 days in uh, jail for that. So well, there, there's so much proof that it's corporations. Go ahead. Well, I read these articles all the time about, out-of-control CPS. Uh, Mike Adams at Natural News puts a lot of those out. And every time it's the same story. Well, the Constitution, well, that doesn't count here, is what they always say. Uh, That doesn't matter. And then you have to wonder, well, why doesn't it matter? Now, you just answered that for me. Because when you sign that marriage license contract and you bring your kids into it, now all of a sudden they have another jurisdiction over you. Is that correct or not? Yes, absolutely. Yep. They do. 
so when you're going into private, you have to literally pull out of all those adhesion contracts. And if you don't believe me, go look at a video with Michelle Bachman. In it was uh, I forget who she was interviewing with, but Michelle Bachman. Uh, if you do a, a YouTube search, Michelle Bachman Obama birth certificate, she will talk about the authentication of the birth certificate, and she mentions getting it authenticated in the county that you were born in. We also have to do it by John Kerry, Secretary of State. But the point is, is she discusses it. It gives further credence to what I'm saying and a whole lot of others that are across this country that have woken up to that, yes, there is a difference. Okay, so let's see. Michelle Bachman, my birth certificate's legitimate. There's several of them here. But uh, she's saying, the headlines are saying, let's let Obama's birth certificate be examined, and the one saying it's settled. So I'll have to play through them and see which one exactly you're referring to. But that should be interesting. Yeah. Now, when it comes to these land patents and stuff, I know we've briefly talked about this before. Uh, and I don't know if your expertise runs into what they were t- discussing in Oregon or not. Do you, do you have any knowledge on how these ranchers are getting screwed out of their land? Do you have any solutions for them at all, or is that not in the realm? Yeah, the the solution is, is they're, I mean, seriously, God bless them, but a lot of these people don't totally get the being in private, and they're trying to do this whole fight by being in the public and going against corporation courts. And they're trying to stand on the old rules, but they to- but they still operate in, in the uh, public. And what I mean by that is if you continue to keep their contracts, they will always keep jurisdiction over you. Uh, you know, there's good people that have gone to jail and, and they were totally, they thought, in the private. But they said, no, 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 you're not in the private. You have a U- UPS box, don't you? Or a, a United States Postal Service box, right? P.O. box? Yes. You have a driver's license, right? Yes. You have a passport, correct? Yes. You have a mailbox in your front yard? Yes. Yes. So uh, the passport needs to be a little bit different. The driver's license, you again, you got to pull out of that system. Any way, they, they have to have jurisdiction over you in three ways. And they've got a multitude of things to choose from. And when you, when you revoke all of those adhesion contracts, you pull back from them. So that's one of the things that they need to do in their fight, that they're not doing. Um, and so I know that there's people that have tried to help them. I know that there's people that have tried to explain it to them, uh, even to Ammon Bundy. He's been a guest on their radio show. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if they just don't understand or, or what it is, but there's plenty of people in my circles that could easily help them but uh, you know they, they they've got to be open to it. They've got to they've got to want to get that understanding. You know right. I I love these people because I you know part of me says why do I have to jump through all these hoops to get out of their corporate clause? But I don't I don't feel like going to jail 
And so I've got to pull out of their corporate clause because, look, you know, even the prisons are for profit. They're going to do anything they can to, you know, to jail anybody. I I heard a horror story today of a guy who has a little bit of mental problem. Not much, but a little. I mean, he he's together. He's just kind of, as as his very close friend described him, he's just a little weird acting. But I, I and I and he never said mental, so I, I probably shouldn't have even used that term. But he went into a gas station, and he asked for something. He couldn't get it, and he just has like this weirdness about him. And so he's like, okay, and he leaves. That gas station person called the police on him. Now he lives in a state kind of like where you are where uh, it's not safe to not be armed if you're out in the woods. It's not safe to not have a knife on you if you're out in the woods. And this guy goes out in the woods all the time. And, you know, he, he's, he's not a danger, okay? And I don't, you know, even when I said mental, I, I regret even saying that. I shouldn't have said it. He's just a little weird. That's it. So when they called, the police go, and they hunt him down like a dog. When they did that, his jacket flies open and they see a knife on him. And they they arrested him on a felony charge because apparently in whatever that state was, I don't know which state it was, uh, they said that that was like a concealed weapon. And they threw him in jail for six months and he's a felon now. He never harmed anybody. He did nothing. Nothing. They, they hunted him down and drug him to the ground, and they didn't have a charge. That's how his jacket flies open, and they happen to see the knife inside of his jacket. Where Not a knife to kill people, just a knife for protection. Right. Oh, so. Yeah, it, it depends on the state, I guess, too, but at the same time, you know, they're going to railroad someone like that because they don't have the means to defend themselves, and they don't know how to defend themselves. Yeah. And then, like, then push him into that for-profit prison, and, yep. Because the more and more I learn about that, Randy, the more and more I see all these contracts, and if they don't, mm-hmm. if the states and counties don't have enough people to fill them up, then they get fined or something like that. I mean, they still have to pay either mm-hmm. way because they're guaranteeing yeah. them so much capacity. So that's become yeah. a criminal enterprise as well. Exactly. So it's, you don't it's want horrible. to be in don't want to be in the prison system, folks. No. And that that gets me back to why I, I I had issues with this standoff and the way it went about to begin with, because now they're in prison. And mm-hmm. the judge is not letting Ammon out for sure, at least not yet. And that was determined today. Which is horrible. It, He's not a criminal. Is. I mean, how obvious is it that the man is not a criminal? The criminal is the judge. Right. Yes, or judges in this case, because now we got federal judges yeah. involved. But see now, that's... well, especially this one that did the double jeopardy. Yeah, that that's a crime. Why is that guy not in jail right now? Well, I now have also been told that well, Johnny, double jeopardy only pertains to murder. Well, okay, <laughs> you know, the first judge that sentenced these guys, the Hammonds, said. Mm-hmm that in his good conscience, he could not sentence them to the mandatory five-year minimum. He just wasn't going to do right. it. Right. And then he retired right after that case. Mm-hmm. So that tells you how fed up he was with the system, I guess. Kind of a, a exclamation point on that. Right. So then the corrupt Obama 
Obama zombie that he put in there. You know, this gal used to be, I don't remember her name off the top of my head now. It's probably not even worth mentioning, but all she was was some worker in the social office who had no claim to fame whatsoever, and he sticks her in as a U.S. attorney general out in Oregon. Yeah, anyway, he has long, a habit of doing that. Yeah. <laughs> completely unqualified and just out to solve or to perpetuate the administration's uh, agenda. You know, and they can't stand those of us who still cling to our guns and Bibles. So, and they want them off the land so they can mine the uranium and, and the other minerals that are there. So they can sell it to Russia, China, whoever they decide to sell it to. Anyway, it just, it stinks to high heaven and I can understand why they're upset about it and why they did what they did, but I didn't agree with the with the occupation just because now they're in prison and they're out of the fight. And one right. man is our life, you know. Yeah. I don't think that loss of life was justified by law enforcement at all. So I'm not taking right. their side up just so people know. But God dang it, I wish they'd have done it different. The first hindsight's always twenty twenty. What could they have, also, I mean Taking over the the federal building and stuff, you know, I don't know, but uh, I never really had a a feeling one way or another about it. I just sat back and watched. But you know, when they did take it over, far different. And this has been brought out, so it's probably not too new to the listeners. But you know, if you look at what happened in Baltimore and you look at what happened in Ferguson, Missouri, uh, how they let them burn the cities to the ground. And then right. these people took over a federal building and they were sweeping the floors and cleaning stuff and making it nice. I mean, and who got arrested in Ferguson and Baltimore? Is there too many? I don't know. I, If there were any uh, arrests, then we never heard about it again. But essentially, right. Like, I never heard a thing. And Obama comes out and says, well, I can understand your anger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But these people are having but their But doesn't understand ours. Right. When you have, you know, ranchers who can't support their families anymore, they're losing the land that's been in the family since the late 1800s. And now they're told they can't graze on there without permission. It it just goes on and on and on. Now, I know this is this quote-unquote sagebrush rebellion has been going on for a while. But as you said, they're fighting it in the wrong court. So somebody yep. needs to... Make Ammon and these guys settle down and listen to what you have to say, which is one of the reasons I want Jen to show so bad, because you know a, lot, a hell of a lot more than I do on these issues, and hopefully we can get you in contact with these guys to, to set them straight or to get some help. Yeah. I mean, I know just the right people that will set them on the right track happily, they're, but they have a lot to learn, and I don't know if they're in a studying mode uh, at this moment. And... You know, you know, with the militia being called up and that sort of thing, uh, which everyone is militia, okay? So if they just go read who is militia, everyone's militia. Anyone who who is capable of standing and fighting for this country, man, woman, uh, son, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's anyone who's capable. Um, if it's if, if there's a tyrannical government, I mean. What aren't they doing to the people? Can can someone tell me what good they are doing at this moment? They've all but destroyed the coal industry. Uh, the car industry and uh, the bird decided to wake up, apparently. He's chirping like crazy right now. Um, 
the uh, the car industry in Detroit is you know all but dead. That's that's gone overseas. My one of my own sons who worked for Hershey Foods in Hershey, Pennsylvania, lost his job as a forklift driver because 900 jobs got shipped over to Mexico, so he was instantly unemployed. Um, well, I, I you know I could just go on and on with all of the industries. There there there's there's they don't want doctors and naturopaths because they want to keep the um, the pharmaceuticals and everything going, so they don't want anybody to be healed. I have friends, Johnny, that had their practices raided, multiple friends. Their practices were raided. Their files were burned. They were threatened with prison and told straight to their face that a cure to cancer will never, ever be allowed. Why would that be? Because they, if they've got a big brotherhood, and that brotherhood makes a hell of a lot of money, and they want to keep their brothers making that money. And you and I and your listeners are not in the brotherhood. The, the Bundys aren't in the brotherhood. If you were in the brotherhood, you'd be on the side of uh, the mineral deals that are going on right now for that land. Right. You'd be on the side of the sale of our nation that's going on right now. None of us are in that brotherhood. <laughs> no, none of us are in the club, as George Carlin used to say, and I can't say the rest of it because there's a lot of f bombs. <laughs> yeah, but we're not. We're not in that effing club, that's for sure. And they don't give a rat's butt about any of us. So what are you supposed and, to do? I mean, what are you supposed to do if you're not in the brotherhood? Just sit here and take your beating? Right. Sit down, shut up, slave. I mean. What are the people supposed to do? First of all, they got to wake up, shut the TVs off. That's number yep. one. Quit listening to the programming. Everybody should go watch that movie called They Live. It's on YouTube yeah. for free. That's an awesome movie. Yeah. yeah if you haven't, if you haven't um, seen that movie, folks, it, it really, it's eerie, especially today, because it's exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I was just on a trip with Dr. Wallach of Longevity, and uh, we went to three different countries. We were supposed to go to four, but we had some bad weather. And he gave a lecture. Well, he gave several lectures, actually. And he said that the American economy is gone, and the final nail to the coffin was when up in Seattle they wanted $15 an hour minimum wage jobs. And he said, you will now see bread go to $10, $11 a loaf. And he said to the crowd that one of the most important things that you need to do, need, is at the very minimum, go plant a 10-foot plot of land full of food. Get food in the ground because with the times that are coming – there's going to be people starving. And i got to tell you, people laughed at that. People don't get it. And people better just, just like, if you don't get it right now, just go knock your head into a wall right now, okay? And wake the you-know-what up because we are coming into tough times because criminals are running the show. Tyranny, while it doesn't seem like it, is free and running right now in this country when you've got a man who's murdered in cold blood for the whole world to see. And then they paint him as a terrorist, basically. 
Yeah, and the sheep will go trouble. right. I mean, they go right along with it. I mean, go walk through mm-hmm. Walmart. I don't, you know, recommend it, but if you want to see how zombie-like everybody is, go walk through Walmart and just look at them all. Mm-hmm. You know, they got the new nine-dollar sweatpants pulled up to to their armpits, walking around, texting on the phone, and don't have a clue. Exactly. Don't have a clue what's going to hit them on the head, and so then. You know, if I know there's people out there listening that are in a big city and they don't have the means to get out of the big city, but you know what? Oof, I wouldn't want to be there. I mean, you know, if you wow. think about it, Johnny, they they did their best to get everybody rounded up into the cities. They made it yeah. hard to live rurally. They took the gas prices up. Okay, so people couldn't afford to live 20 minutes outside of town. And, you know, there's just like a a number of ways that they made it so that living in the country was just not really appealing. And so now the cities are huge. Look at Chicago, look at Miami, look at L.A., New York. And when the food runs out, I mean, already, like I learned something in the last couple weeks that I I didn't know, and, and I may not even say it exactly the way it was told but something about the grain when it's over two years old and it's in the grain bin it starts to become toxic and so when you go eat that bread that was made from old grain you know that doesn't seem old two years old um that's actually carcinogenic to your body what is carcinogenic cancer causing uh takes out the in your intestines, you have these grass-like things. They're called villi. And when the villi are non-existent in your intestine, you don't have nutrients being pulled into the body. And what mows down the villi when you eat that bad grain? And, you know, a lot of people think that this whole go gluten-free is like all the rage and it's just something now Dr. Wallach has been saying that since the 70s. And he said you needed to be gluten-free back then. And, you know, how many people wake up and have oatmeal every morning? Well, first of all, most of the time it's genetically modified. But number two, it's old grain. And it mows down your villi in your intestine. And you're not pulling nutrients in. And look how sick our nation is right now. Yes, it's sick care. It's not health care. It's sick care. Exactly. Call it what it is. Healthcare is where you go out and you and you're trying to get your health back, like I'm doing now. And let me tell you something, folks. It's a bitch to try and get back. Mm-hmm. What you know to try and get it back is really hard. And I'm still struggling, but that from time to time I've come a long way. But the thing is, we shouldn't have to even think about it. But because right. of all the money, all the lobbying, and all the you know consolidation of the seed companies. And the patents that Monsanto has on everything and Bayer has on everything, you know, they've got these farmers locked in for lifetime contracts. And if they try and get out, they're done, man. They just might as well sign the farm over to Monsanto because they're going to take it. Yeah. But, you know, a good example of what that food does to you, when I was running for state Senate uh, and I was at the gun shows, I actually stood next to another guy who was a Senate candidate. And um, he was very overweight. So was his wife. So were his sons. And, you know, I asked him, you know, do you give the antibiotics to the 
animals. He was a pig farmer and a corn and soybean farmer. And he said yes. And I said, um, you know, do you pay attention to your food? Do you eat organic or anything like that? And he's like, no. And I said, do you realize everything is genetically modified? And, and he was brainwashed. He said, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. that. That's no big deal. Well, he was clearly an example of one of the side effects of that kind of food. And he wouldn't listen for anything. I remember talking to him, too. I said, you know, I've been to so many events that you were at, and you're one of the senators or Senate candidates that I don't even know what your message is. What do you stand on? What What is your message? What do you stand for? And even after that gun show, standing there for like eight hours straight, I still didn't know what the man stood for. And guess what? He got in. <laughs> He's a senator now. Uh, so he was the perfect kind of candidate, one that had nothing, no message whatsoever. We got a bunch of empty heads up there, don't we? I mean, complete. Yeah. Brain dead, just go along to get along, airhead, deadheads. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, it, and that's what really brought me to the reality of politics was when, you know, I met you and then you told me all the things in private that you were going through that you talked about on the air tonight. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's no wonder we can't get anybody with any type of conviction in there. It'll never happen. No. They, they didn't and, want someone with conviction. They heard me. I was at a fundraiser, and I had conviction at the fundraiser, and I remember walking out, and there was two guys that were very wealthy. They had been invited to this to see if they wanted to support my campaign. Because, you know, later when it gets closer to the actual vote, then there's TV commercials and stuff run. Somebody's got to pay for that. So it's typically your supporters uh, that are wealthy business people. And I heard them say, what do you think? And and the one guy's, you know, because I was opinionated. And he said, I don't know. I think we can work with her. <laughs> Which cracks me up because I can't work with them. <laughs> I have a choice, too. And I chose. You'd have been Randy? So. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're a doctor Mr. Paul. So. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if you followed the caucuses uh, last night in, in Iowa. I did say on the show description tonight that we might discuss that. Because mm-hmm. uh, to me, it's just more bread and circus. You know, I wish more yeah. people would pay attention to other parties like the Veterans Party, the Constitution Party, and so on. But they don't mm-hmm. because, once again, they're brainwashed into thinking they don't have a chance. So when Alex Jones was trumpeting on Sunday night that Trump was going to win in the landslide, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, Obviously, he didn't. One of the things I found interesting when I was reading a mainstream article tonight, so take it with a grain of salt, of course, mm-hmm. was that according to statistics, he was polling highest with the people with a high school diploma or less or didn't have one. And that the educated mm-hmm. voters went towards Cruz and Rubio. Now, you've lived in that area. Uh, you're, mm-hmm. familiar, you're familiar with the people there. What are your thoughts yes. on that? Don't like Rubio at all, and he's right here. He literally is at a restaurant down the street from my house uh, on a pretty regular basis. Um, you <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought about it. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I, I wouldn't, but I don't like him. I, I don't like him, and, and here's why. I have some very good friends that host fundraisers for candidates all the time, 
And this one was years ago when Rubio wasn't going for uh, president. He was going for a senator. And I'm not going to get into detail exactly what he did, but my, my, uh, my very good friend's beautiful daughter, mid-20s, was there. I'm not going to say anything more on that. But, because she's now passed away, so there's no eyewitness anymore to this. So uh, my point is, uh, even she walked away with they're all the same. And, you know, I, I, he it, to me, he's like phony, fraud, fake. Um, you know, I'm just, I just don't like him. And then who was the other one that you mentioned? Cruz? Uh, Cruz. Isn't Ted Cruz's wife uh, a Goldman Sachs? So you yep. think that's. Yeah, so no, that's an absolute no. Here's oh, my thought. Oh, but she resigned her position temporarily, Randy. She resigned her position. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sure, okay. Yep, okay. Um, and I got a bridge to sell you. So here's my <laughs> thought. It is a corporation, right? And yep. and proof and evidence of that, you know, I don't believe for one second Obama was born here. So proof and evidence of that is you can have presidents that aren't born here run the corporation. That's why nobody cared. That's why there was a cover-up. That's why the woman who actually signed off and swore to it from Hawaii was killed in a plane crash, right? So, um, and that was when the heat was coming on. There's been a lot of, you know, deaths along the way. So (coughs) my point is, um, it's a corporation. So what are you going to do? You, if, if I run a company, I'm going to look for the best CEO for the company. Right. So, right. you know, if you're going to look at it that way, that they're running a business and they're going to perpetrate it across the whole country, Trump's the man because he is the best businessman. Now, right. uh, it doesn't mean that I love him. It doesn't mean that I like him. It means if I was running a company, he's probably a good guy to run the company. Okay. Uh, did he do eminent domain on people? Yes. Um, I don't know. I just think, you know, if you're going to run a company, you want to have a businessman in there who's going to make decisions. He paid off politicians. He, he donated to this campaign, donated to that campaign. You know what? I'm in the business world. I see how slimy it is. And I see that that's the kind of stuff that people have to do to keep the city off your, off your, off your, out of your face. Uh, you park too many cars in front, you have a couple for sale signs, all of a sudden they're knocking on your door telling you you owe a fine. F off. That's what I say. And (laughs) so he paid people to get those little ninnies out of his face every step of the way. If you're running a corporation, Trump's the guy. If you're running a republic for the United States of America, you wanted a guy like Ron Paul. Yep. Now, what about... Because that's a whole different ballgame. Now, okay. Oh, by the way, I, I did peek in the chat room. Philip Dykes says hello. Who says that? Philip Dykes. Oh, tell, hey, tell him I said hi. I know exactly. Awesome. He says hi. He probably heard you. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I have to address this because, not because he's in the chat room, Philip, so don't take this the wrong way. What about the Stan with Rand crowd? What do you got to say? You know... I love I loved his father. <laughs> I've met yep. Rand. I've been at many speaking engagements with Rand. I think Rand is an awesome guy. I don't I don't like everything that he said, 
I, you know what? I, I love Rand. I, I can't say that I don't. I just don't. If he's, he, he, he needs to run the Republic for the United States of America. I don't, I mean, I don't know what he's going to be able to do with the corporation. I think a guy like Trump will say F off, F off, F off, F off. And the thing I like about Trump, and, and I'll go back to Rand here in a second. The thing I like, um, no, I will go to Rand right now. When it, when it comes to Rand, he lost a lot of my respect when he endorsed Mitt Romney over his own flesh and blood father. Yep. Me too. And I was working for his dad at that time. And to have the son come out and go against everything we were doing by endorsing that idiot Mitt Romney, who I wouldn't walk across a, a room for, how did he do, why did he do that? Why? So to well, me, that was incredibly disloyal. Yep. Okay, so now back to Trump. The okay. thing I like about Trump is two of his advisors. One is Jerome Corsi, who wrote Where's the Birth Certificate? And I know for darn sure Trump has a way bigger education than he lets on. He's very awake. And then his other advisor which I think he stepped down as an advisor, but that doesn't mean anything. He's still in the court. They still talk, is Roger Stone. Roger Stone is one of the best authors out there. He's, he writes his books so well. He puts footnotes in to document every single factoid he puts in them. He put uh, a book out about six months or so ago about the Bush crime family, and his one that's out right now is The Clinton's War on Women. Both are incredible books. He has been an advisor in Trump's ear. I like both of those because both of those guys are super wide awake, both of them. Those are two guys you want in the guy's ear who's about to take the biggest seat in the land or that you know you would want in the corporation. And, and remember, you hear me. I'm saying it's a corporation. So he's far more awake than he lets on. And, you know, I love Rand. Like, I, I like, love him. I went all over to see him, listen to him, help set up his events, um, you know, that his dad came to as well. But when all of us gave our heart and soul to his dad and then he endorsed Romney, I can't really get, I mean, I can't give it my all. I can't do it. Well, that was that was a, a point that I made a couple of weeks ago in regards to this. Mm-hmm. I also talked about, um, you know, his his back and forth on vaccinations, and now most recently from 2014, I find a clip of him supporting the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership, the TPP deal. Um, and exactly. Now people say, well, now people say he's against it. Well, okay, <laughs> which is it? You know, what's he going to do if he gets in? is my question when you can't trust him to support his own debt. So that's my problem there. Right. Of course, the lesser of two evils argument comes back into it. Well, I'm done voting the lesser of two evils. I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. I'll write somebody yeah. in before I'll vote for the lesser well, of two evils again. 
Yeah, well, I mean, just remember, I mean, it's it's a corporation. I mean, I'm not asking for a leader. I took myself out of the voter rolls completely. And people will say, well, why would you do that? Well, you have to understand the things that I understand. And being in the voter rolls, uh, they look at the voters as the stupid people. You know, you're you're begging for a leader. I don't need a leader. I don't want one. I, I can handle things just fine. Amen to that, and we are definitely going to have to talk now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I know our, you know, our schedule stuff, but the point is, you know, yes, we we all go to 42action.org, folks. 42, the number 42, action.org, and start poking around and start thinking about getting one of these calls with Randy and her thousands of uh, uh, thousands of partners out there, for lack of a better term, who can steer you in the right direction. And where you can actually learn something. You know, invest in one of their courses. You do have courses for sale, right? Yep, we have a few things on there. And then, you know, the, the, the Blind Irrevocable Trust, if you go to a law firm, and I defy anybody, call a law firm tomorrow and ask what the cost is to put together a private blind irrevocable trust. They're going to tell you like $25,000. Our group does it for less than five. There's a lot of work involved, and they do it for less than $5,000. The same thing these attorneys charge 25000 for. And that's the minimum, by the way. And this is the same kind of trust that uh, the Kennedys have, um, Schwarzenegger has, you know. And, you know, when the Kennedy, uh, they own the, um, what is it, the Chicago, what's, there's a building in Chicago. It's a real tall one. I can't think of which one it is. Um, when, which, yeah, yeah, I think that is the one. So when Daddy died, and that that like got passed on to the kids. They didn't pay a penny of tax, folks. Nothing. <laughs> That's just it. See, they they all talk. All these candidates talk about the corporate tax. The corporate tax is highest here. Yada yada. It's only high for the people that play the game. Exactly. You know, and so we're talking about you know even large corporations who don't know how to play the game. They're the ones getting taxed to death, not the Fords, not the Rockefellers, not any of the bigwigs, not the Halliburtons. You don't think all those people don't have, you know, the irrevocable trust set up? Look at the Clinton Foundation, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. You know, everyone who wants to... And they're to, not penetrable. You can't penetrate them. That's just it. So when they talk about auditing the Clinton Foundation, they can't do it, can they? No. No, no, no. It'll no. never happen. It's all a bunch of crap. It's all a bunch of hooey. If, if they ever come out with saying that they ever did do it, Johnny, it's because they put some fake stuff in the front. Those, okay. those trusts, you have a trustee that controls 2%. The other 98% is like not even – like if, if I own the trust, even I can't touch. I can't delegate. I can't do anything with that 98%. That's what keeps me out of trouble. I have to have an, appoint, uh, an appointed trustee who's responsible, and he gets paid 2% out of the 100% of the trust. Hmm. So and if this is it's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> if this is confusing, folks, don't feel alone because I'm just starting to understand it, and Randy's been talking to me about this stuff in private for a long time. I just finally decided mm-hmm. to get off my butt and start looking into it a little bit deeper. And now that I have been, and now also people that live around me are very familiar with what you teach, Randy. Very familiar. I've got mm-hmm. a guy here, Ernie, that I'll bring on the show one of these nights, and I'll have to let you know when he's coming on because he'll blow your mind with what he knows. 
And this is a self. This is a self-educated man, no college. He just kept reading and reading and digging and digging, and yeah, he gets thrown in jail a lot down in Bozeman. (laughs) (laughs) But he does it intentionally. He does it intentionally so he can make them look like fools. He's caused county commissioners to resign down there. He's caused the sheriff's deputies to resign. All kinds of stuff because he knows his. He knows his stuff. He's got his shit together, and they're afraid of him. So he doesn't say. I want to know this man. <laughs> yeah, he, don't worry. They're good friends of ours, and he'll be on the show here in the very near future. Once again, I had to get off my ass and get the show back up full time again, which I have done. So. Mhm. Um. And congratulations you know, on that. I'm so glad you got that back together. Well, it was. There was some personal issues going on at the time, my health and other things that were getting in the way. And then mm-hmm. I just had to do some soul searching and sit back and listen. Listen for yeah. what God had to say in my spirit and listen for and listen to the other radio hosts out there who were, in my opinion, butchering everything. I'm not into fear porn. Okay. No, it's tyranny and you gotta fearful and that's 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 fear porn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's look at this in a rational manner so we can listen to the truth. Now, I got way irrational last Thursday. I'll admit that. I've already apologized six, seven times for it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because, you know, there were some F bombs going off and this and that. Um, you know, it happens. I wear my shirt, my heart on my sleeve sometimes. And I shouldn't have done a show that night. But be that as it may, I'm not into this fear porn. I wasn't trying to put fear in anybody. I was just upset because a man was murdered on video. At least that's what it looks like to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a lot of soul searching on my part, so thank you. It's good to be back. It feels good. It feels right. Uh, God told me to wait through another uh, Christian. She told me this last September. I didn't know what I was waiting for, and then I found out in a real hurry. So, mm-hmm. I'm back. Outstanding. You know, well, love and having you back because you do a lot of good for the people and you've got a, a, a good long list of listeners. So obviously you're doing something right. And you know what? You're allowed time off. Right. And I needed it. You got to unplug and recharge. Yeah. You got to recharge. Because when I was getting in front of the mic, what was happening was I had no inspiration. You know, it wasn't like before where I was really excited to do it. I was dreading it every single time. So when that happens, you just got to step back and walk away and recharge and and figure out what your next uh, focus is going to be. And now you, everyone can criticize me all they want, but I'm back 100% to the liberty movement, but we're going to take a different tack this time. That's mm-hmm. why I wanted you back to show so bad, because we need to educate people on what the irrevocable trusts are, what the corporation versus the United States of America really is. Because yeah. people don't get yeah. it, and they need to get it so that they can get their butts out of the system. Because what are they going to do then? Who are they going to rule over? I guess the, uh, the dumbasses <laughs> want to continue to, to live the way they're living, but my gosh, if we can get out of the system, then for God's sake, let's do it. Exactly. Exactly. Now, there's, there's, there's many here. ways to do it. It's just stop, stop buying all their contracts and revoke your signatures and get out of the voter rolls you know, it's very easy to do that. Um, so, you know, there's so many really, really easy steps. So, and then you're unplugging 
from from all that they are. Well, Randy, I'm going to wrap up a little bit, just a hair early, because um, I've got to use the facilities for one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Well, you got to go. I'm the PMI, then. right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> On the radio show, maybe. <laughs> well, well, sorry, folks. You know, nature calls. Got to go. <laughs> that's what. That's what's great. It's a real show. The people are genuine. So, um, you're you're my my brother and. Uh, you know, maybe we don't have the same parents, but you're my brother in life. We always joke on. I'm sure some people on uh, like the social media sites think that you're like really my flesh and blood brother. Um, but you know what? It doesn't matter. You're my my brother in, in this life, and uh, you know we have such a great friendship and relationship with each other, and we look out for each other. And you creep on my page, I creep on your page. That's just how it how it works. And <laughs> so. Um, and I just want to say thank you for having me on the show tonight. And um, it was good to, to kind of talk about some of the stuff. I don't always go into it. I On my show, I bring a lot of speakers, and I don't get to really tell my story. I'm always letting everybody else. So it's good to, to get more of it out there. And, and just, you know, if I help to wake up somebody, I'm, I'm happy to do it. So thank you. Well, well, thank you for coming back on. It's always a pleasure. And, and you're right. We are like brother and sister. and um, I've always felt that way. Almost, It was it was like that almost after the first interview. So, mm-hmm. yep. I've always said, love you like a sister. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So stay warm, my my brother, and, and to all the listeners, too. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks for coming out and, and listening to me and, and my story and to Johnny. And, um, you know, spread the word about his show because he's got a great show. He's got a great heart. And, you know, I'm sure that he's got the most amazing guests coming up. So, thank you. We're time. Thank you very much, Randy. God bless, and we'll see you next time. Sounds good. Night, Johnny. All right. Good night. Well, folks, I told you it was it was worth the wait. She uh, she knows her stuff. And her website, once again, is 42Action. That's the number four and two. So, 42Action.org. And you can get information on what she was talking about tonight on that site and start looking into uh, tomorrow night. I'll bring out, uh, I'll put some links on my Facebook page to a really good book that I bought on that subject. Uh, It's got big pictures, big words. And I'm not saying that because I'm saying you're all dumbed down. Not at all. Okay. It was, I, I'm glad it's that way because it makes it a lot easier for me to digest. And when I get Ernie on this show, the mountain man who lives just on the other side of the valley from me here. You are in for a treat. This man knows his stuff. He's been to jail multiple, multiple times down and down the down the Gatlin, as he says. <laughs> and it'll blow your mind. So put your thinking caps on, tighten up your shoelaces, because it's gonna be college level stuff here. But unlike other radio show hosts, I don't believe my audience is dumbed down. I believe my audience wants to be respected, that they're educated, and that they want to know the truth. Okay? And that's why my show was so juvenile last week, because I was running on raw emotion instead of using my intellect. I'll do my best to make sure that doesn't happen again. But it is what it is. I'm real. I'm human. As are all of you. But I respect your intellect, and I want to bring you guests 
that are going to edu- help educate you on the why we're really not free. Oh, you're free to, to choose what the government tells you to choose. Government-approved choices are just fine. But heaven forbid you try and dictate how you want to live your life, how you want to maintain your health. They're killing off doctors, for God's sake. Naturopathic doctors who have discovered the cures for cancer, diabetes, and many other things. They also uncovered a lot of corruption, and they were going to expose it, and they were killed for it. Thirteen so far at my last count. So if you think you're free, you're not. If they can bump those guys off, you think they can't take anyone else out. Look at what they did to poor Lavoie Finnegan. I don't care what others have to have to say on this subject, including well, I won't name any names anymore, but all I can say is, is I don't agree with them. You're going to have to prove to me, number one, that Lavoie had a gun and that he was going for it. That's not clear. And like Randy said tonight, even if he did end up going for a gun that he had, he's already been shot and shot at. They were going to kill, smoke his ass no matter what he did. They wanted that man dead. And there, if the rest of them would have went with in that hail of gunfire and flashbangs, they would have been okay with that too. Anyway, it's sad. It really is. We can't change anything now. All we can do is move forward. Let's keep our heads about us. Let's plow forward. And let's figure out how to fight these guys the right way. With our thinking caps on and cool heads. The fight will come if they want to fight. That will come down the road. Don't know how it's going to come, but it will come. Don't be too anxious for it is what I, all i got to say. So take care of your families and your communities. And let's heal together and let's move forward together. And then that way we stay in the fight together. Amen. All right. That's all I got for tonight. Thanks for tuning in to the Johnny Storm Show. And we will see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Mountain, 9 Central. That'd be 10 Eastern. All right. I can find the right uh, button to push. Been a while. <laughs> God bless. See you next time. There shall be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, famine, and pestilences. Men's hearts failing them for fear for that which is coming upon the earth. Where do you look? Where do you turn? Where will you get the truth? You turn to the Johnny Storm Show, where you will find truth, and the truth will make you free. Welcome to the Johnny Storm 